It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardner, and I am here to help you be more successful in whatever you want to do outside. If you want to make a better tree, a better shrub, a better flower, a better lawn, if you want to control insects, if you want to know what an insect is, if you need some organic gardening advice, if you just need to know something that's happening in the natural world and some explanation for it, give me a call. 404-872-0750. I love to learn. You may teach me something. 404-872-0750. Or check on Twitter. Hashtag AskWalter. First person in line, Kathy, is in Cumming, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning. How Hi. are you? I'm doing great, Kathy. How can I help? Well, I was taking a walk the other night, and I noticed one of my neighbors around the corner um, had these beautiful knockout roses, and one of them didn't look like it used to anymore, and it pretty much has that rose rosette. Oh, man. Oh, man. So then, of course, I start looking at mine. (laughs) (laughs) Always a good idea. And uh, I think maybe I might be looking too close, or maybe it's really early, but I think maybe one of mine might be. Starting to have that. What is the, what and are the symptoms you saw on the neighbor's rose, and what do you see on your rose? Well, on the neighbor's, it had these huge clumps that would just kind of stick out, mm. and they were all twisted looking, and all mm. the flowers were kind of crunched up, and it um, sounds like rose rosette virus. Yeah. It does indeed. And what do they look like on your roses then? Well, I only saw a couple stalks that looked funny, and it, you know, the knockouts have, like, those red leaves at yeah, first. Yeah, sure. Um, but they looked really skinny. Um, just, they looked super skinny and kind of twisted. And then on this other stalk, there three little branches starting, which I know it does that, but... The leaves, again, are super skinny, like dried up kind of skinny, and there are lots of little tiny uh, thorns, Yeah, like a lot of them. I think you got it, too. Like little pieces or something. Really observant, Kathy. You have really observed correctly and described correctly. Well, I I wish I hadn't seen it. (laughs) Yeah, right. You wish you hadn't, but I think you did. Uh, Yeah, I think you both have the rose rosette virus, and the only treatment, as you know and read, of course, is to pull them out, get them out of there, because as long as you leave them infected in your landscape, in your neighbor's landscape, they can shed the mites, the little mites that carry the disease on the air from plant to plant, so they could infect even more in your neighborhood. Sure could. Okay, well, that's what I was wondering. How does that spread that it's on mites? Yeah, little teeny, eensy weensy microscopic mites. Yeah. And you can't spray them or anything? Sadly, no. Uh, there's not a real effective spray against this particular kind of mite, and they are so mobile. They have little, they have webs just like a spider, spider mite would, and so they just spring the little, string the little web out behind their bodies, and any breeze will pick them up off of your rose and take them just okay. in the breeze all around the neighborhood wherever they find another rose to roost on. Because I have like six in that area, and then I also have like some regular roses. Yeah. Um, this is all in my front yard. I have 
some regular roses, and I guess, can they get that also? Sure, every rose can get it. And I'm not going to tell you to pull every rose in your yard out. So don't don't say don't 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 anticipate me here. Say that everything has to go. My anticipation would be that more roses than you have now would be infected. But you are a good observer, and you're really good at checking out the little new growth and the redness and the thorns and the sort of squinchy look that the that the top of the rose gets. And so that's what you look for. And I think you just wait and see if the mites actually got to the other healthy looking roses now. If it happens, take them out immediately. If it doesn't happen, enjoy your rose. So I know it's in the soil. No, no, it's not. The no. only place it's in the soil is in the root particles that you might leave behind. If you dig a rose out and destroy it, then it might leave some little pieces of root behind, and that would be, yes, in the soil. And those, if they sprouted, would still be infected and could infect other roses. But there's not a, not a virus in the soil per se, no. So if I pull it out... And make sure I get all of that? Mm-hmm. Can I put a new one in there? Yes, you can. Oh. Yeah, that's the good okay. news. As long as you don't have any piece and part and root or stem or anything from the old infected rose, you can indeed plant a new rose in the place. Okay. And what's the best way? Like, it's not huge, but... You know, do I have to put it in a plastic bag and tie it up? Or yeah, that's probably the best thing to do, frankly, because if it's on a even the garbage truck, if you have an exposed rose plant on the back of the garbage truck where you just toss it out by the curb for them to pick up, then the mites are shedding as the garbage truck goes through the neighborhood. So putting it into a plastic bag, you may have to prune it a little bit to get it, you know, to fit into a bag. But yes, yeah, better to put it in the bag and tie it up and put that on on the curb. Okay. Are they working on anything to get rid of it? I'm sure there are rose breeders all over America thinking, how can we keep our roses from getting this rose rosette disease? It's serious. It is serious. It is a big thing. And I, yeah. today I saw, oh, three or four days ago, I meant to go by yesterday, there is a uh, sort of a one-story apartment complex, cluster home kind of area near my house. And they have a long, I mean, it's 100 feet long, um, cast iron fence in front of it and used to have lots of roses i remember seeing them blooming and looking really good uh-huh. and when i drove by four or five days ago i thought you know they're not blooming very good and they look a little crunchy squinchy compact uh-huh. i bet they have rose rosette in there and i just didn't stop then i didn't have time if i think of it today i'll stop and look and get more close uh, inspection and see what's going on with their roses possibly yeah. they have it too wow okay well i guess i'll be Digging up a rose bush uh, I guess today. at least one of them. And a little <laughs> note to your neighbor would be helpful, too. Don't let your neighbor's yeah, rose Yeah, I've been looking going. for them. I just haven't seen them yet. Yeah, so. good idea. Well, thank you very much. You bet, I Kathy. know what I'll be doing today. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. We'll see you soon. Now, Carolyn is in Tucker. And Carolyn actually has pretty close to the same question, but I want to make sure that we've covered everything with Carolyn that we need to cover with her. So, Carolyn, did we cover everything you need to know about rose rosette virus and your roses? Not exactly, but I do live in the complex that you just mentioned. Ah, uh, so this is pretty interesting. Are we talking about the one, let's see, how can I describe this? Across from the old Wendy's, across from Popeye's? Yep. Well, there you go. So tell me more about what the roses are looking at. Me. I don't have to go stop by and see now. No, you, you don't. They definitely do have rosette. Yeah. Uh, I have inspected not every one of them. There are probably 120 Yeah, sure. Plants. Long, long line of roses. Right. And 
I'm trying to, I'm having a meeting with the uh, landscaping committee this morning Mm -hmm. and wanted to give them some information about how we can handle this and try to impress upon them the timeliness of our road. So what I'd like to know is if we could just cut them all down and then uh, apply some Roundup on the cut stem, Mm -hmm. or do we have to dig every single one of them up? If you want to be safe, you'll dig them every one up. Right. Roundup on the stems might might control, might kill the rest of this plant that's underground at that point, but you can't guarantee that Roundup will get every bit of root in the ground that you won't have a sprout. Say you planted roses again, you put the Roundup on it, you planted roses again. In a couple of years, one of those root sprouts might come up, being still infected, and infect a whole other set of 100 roses that are down that fence line. Well, what I was going to suggest is that we go ahead and cut them all down now, uh, top them with a little Roundup, and not even try to plant anything until fall of 2018, having been very diligent about controlling any sprout. That would be fine. That would be okay, as long as you've given enough time for anything that's living to sprout and you've not seen any sprouting come up, then sure, you can plant roses there again. It it doesn't have to be roses. I mean, give them some options about other blooming They are adamant that it has to be roses. (laughs) And I remember how pretty those roses are, Carolyn. That's what everybody says, is that they they were so beautiful. That's what we were known for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go by later this afternoon and maybe take a couple of pictures and show what it looks like when a long line of roses all get infected with the rose rosette virus. I could also take a picture of a hole in the landscape in front of WSB because five years ago they had roses with rose rosette virus in front of the WSB studios. We okay, it's heartbreaking them. though. It they really is. It just took them down, and those were gorgeous roses too. So, Carolyn, I hope we get some new ones in there successfully that don't get the rose rosette virus on them. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling, Carolyn. So glad to talk right. to you as well. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Right now, 74 degrees outside. Today, going up to 92. 40% chance of rain during the day. Tomorrow, 91 is the high predicted to be. 71 or 2 degrees overnight. The whole week cools down, of course, on Wednesday. It goes down to 89 degrees is the predicted high then. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Holly is up in Powder Springs and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Holly, hey, good morning. Good morning. Hi, how can I've, I help? I've got a question about apple trees and pecan trees. Sure. I would like to plant some of um, each, and uh, I need to know if there's if there are certain varieties that you recommend that tend to do well in my region, and do I need to do anything to prepare the soil now for planting them in the fall? 
I will tell you first that you get the prize for being brilliant this morning because the time to ask about what varieties to plant is when you plant or before you plant, not two years after you plant and say, you know, this apple tree's got all sorts of diseases on the fruit and the, the pecan, the nuts are dropping off of it. Why is that? Yeah, pecans are very susceptible to a disease called scab, and scab causes them to drop all their nuts in the, in the fall and you don't get anything to eat. So the way to start with pecans is finding the varieties that are most resistant to scab. One is Amling, A-M-L-I-N-G, Amling, another is Elliot. And you can go to my website. I know you're driving now, but if you go to my website and just type in pecan, there's a page that tells what pecan varieties are best. And so there's Amling and Elliot and the other one in there I can't remember now but the old desirable and paper shells they're the ones that get scabbed like just looking at them they'll get scabbed so you don't ever want to get those also you might look on my website for sources of fruits and nuts because I have a page devoted to that as well there's some that are online nut and fruit producers that you may not find the varieties you want at nurseries here but may be able to find them bare root online there's nothing wrong with buying a bare root tree and planting that in, okay. the, in the winter. As far as apples go, yeah, I, I'm same thing. I've got a list that tells you which ones are more resistant to the diseases that apples get. Most importantly for apples is getting two varieties that bloom at the same time because you want to get good cross-pollination between varieties. So look for, I have a chart of the A, B, and C, the early, middle, and late bloomers for the apples. So get some that bloom at the middle time or the early time or the late time in the spring so they get good pollination. Right. So basically, you're driving, so go to my website, type pecan, apple, and sources of fruit trees, and you should be able to get everything tied up together. And the biggest thing you can do, really, to prepare for that, I guess, is to make sure the area where you plant them is nice and smooth and soft, and the soil is soft so the roots of the trees, when you plant them, can spread out through it as far as they possibly want to. Don't plant on grass growing underneath the trees. Too much competition for new roots. If you have grass growing there, plant on mulching with wood chips or something like that. And uh, maybe lime. A soil test would be a great thing to do and lime the soil if it needs to be so the pH is just right. You're going to have apples and nuts and pecans to enjoy and apple pecan pie for Thanksgiving and Christmas, Holly. It's going to be really, really nice to come to your house. It's 728. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 736 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape and reminding you that next week is the 17th annual Carathon, where WSB and its on-air personalities raise money for the Children's Health Care of Atlanta Cancer and Blood Disorders Clinic. It is one of the most worthy things you can do for your fellow citizen of Atlanta and for the children of Atlanta this is the most worthy thing you can do all year long. Children's Healthcare of Atlanta does amazing, and I literally mean with a capital A, amazing stuff. It's one of those places that when the kids come in, it's not only the kid, but it's the siblings and the parents. They're all treated together as a unit so that the child who may have a very, very serious 
heart disease, cancer, sickle cell anemia, all the things that can affect children when they're young. This is a place they come and they get comfort and the top-notch, I mean really world-renowned top-notch care that they deserve. Children's Health Care of Atlanta is one of the greatest places in Atlanta, and I hope that you will next week when the Carathon starts on Thursday and Friday will be able to open your wallet and be able to give a little money to help because they need they need research dollars. It really is a thing that research is a part that really children's health care uh, is known for. And one of the things that is maybe not noticeable or maybe you don't know this, but the drugs that they use to treat children many times are older drugs that have been proven to be safe on adults. They have finally gotten a little bit of research to say this is safe to use on a child. But some of those drugs can be as many as 40 years old in the sense they were discovered 40 years ago. Not that they were manufactured, but they were discovered 40 years ago, and it's only recently that they've been approved for use on children. So what we need now is research on what drugs, what new drugs can be used on children to cure the cancers. And you know there's huge strides being made right now in immunotherapy and things like that that can't be used on children because they haven't been proven safe on children. Research, research, research. That's what we need. And hopefully next week when the Carathon comes along, you'll be able to open your wallets and give a little to help us to celebrate the 17th year of the WSB Carathon. I'm looking forward to We've got plans for talking to the Lundy family, little Briley Lundy that Ashley and I interviewed last year, who had a wonderful, successful uh, cancer treatment at Children's Health Care. And my understanding is she is still remaining, passing her scans with flying colors. And we're looking forward to talking to Briley and her family next week as well. We got, let's see who's here, Randy in Decula, who joins us from Lonnie Garden. Hey, Randy, good morning. Let's see, there he is. is that hey. him? Yeah, there's Randy. Hey, Randy, good morning. Hey, Walter, how you doing today? I'm all right. What's going on? Um, I've got some blooming cherry trees, and I'm not too sure the brand of them because okay. they were there when I bought the when I bought the property. Got it. But but um, the past few years, I've been monitoring them because I've seen the leaves turning yellow and then releasing in <laughs> yeah, August. They all fall off. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and, and this year they started a little earlier. They started in, in July, in, at the 1st of July. Yeah, I, I, I refer constantly to the Highway 92 cherry trees because that's the route that I take going to Fayetteville to see my mother every week. And uh-huh. on Highway 92, near Hopeful Church, there is a line of six or seven or eight blooming cherries and they are getting started, what they do every year around this time, losing all their leaves. They'll be completely bare by the end of August. Right. And that's exactly what mine are doing. Yeah. It is a more and more common disease. I don't think I ever noticed it 15 years ago, but now, it's for lack of a better word, it's called cherry leaf spot. If you go look at the leaves, they have lots of little brown and yellow spots all over the leaves. And yes, they sir. defoliate, as you say, they get off the tree. And really and truly... The One of the things you can do, not the only thing, but one of the things you can really do to help the tree along is when the leaves have fallen off, rake them up, rake up all the mulch underneath the tree, and renew the mulch, because those leaves are what infect next year's new leaves that come on your cherry trees. Okay. Oh, okay. So you interrupt the cycle of disease, I guess, by taking away all the old leaves and destroying them. New mulch, new pine straw, whatever, underneath the cherry tree, and then do okay. that for a couple of years. That's going to help some, but it won't help. It won't be a hundred percent control. But if there's any okay. way that you can spray the trees in, I'm thinking April would be a good time when the leaves are fully 
expanded on the on the cherry tree. Get some yeah. Infuse, I-N-F-U-S-E, Infuse. Pike sells it. It's propiconazole is the is the chemical in it, and it does okay. a fine job on preventing leaf spot from starting. So okay. a couple of years of springtime spraying, summertime <laughs> removing all the dead leaves, all the fallen leaves, and you'll get it under control. I think within a couple of years. Okay, super. Now, I appreciate it. I enjoy your show. Long-time listener, but yeah, Randy. the first-time caller. Thanks so much for calling. Hope I gave you the answer you needed. That sounds great. All okay. right, man. Thank we'll see you soon. we got Marty up in Commerce joining us. Hey, Marty. Good morning. Good morning. How you are? Hey, man. I'm fine. What's going on? Good. I ain't making no racket. Look, uh, <laughs> my wife has a planter in front of the house. It's right next to the sidewalk, in between the sidewalk and the house. Yeah. She loves her flowers, works hard in them. And I've got a yellow jacket's nest, and it's it's pretty bad. Ooh, uh, bad! And I want to try to preserve the hole where they go down the ground is right at yeah. uh, a thorn bush that she has that she's tried years to get them to grow, and she's finally got one going good. <laughs> so if you hurt the thorn bush, we're in trouble. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, you know, I, I love my goats. Don't want to sleep with. Them. Yeah, right. so I got to get rid of these things because you can't walk through there. I mean, any stepping on the sidewalk it vibrates. And it, yeah, the and easiest I, thing that will not hurt any plant around would simply to be get some seven dust, and seven dust cheap and easy. Find a little bag, and during the evening when the sun has gone down, but you can see where the hole is if you just sort of walk up to it real quick and put a tablespoon or so of dust around the opening to the to the nest, when the yellow jackets, jackets come out, you'll see they'll they'll stop for just a moment. They'll rest right on the edge of the nest and they'll fly off. And when they stop, I want their little feet to be in that seven dust because when they do that, they are D-E-A-D dead. No kidding. So seven dust, it doesn't hurt plants or anything around there. Your wife's happy with the plants being preserved and the yellow jackets will be gone within 24 hours usually. I have what well, that's outstanding. What well, tickles me because I've, I've I've studied everything. I mean, I'm look these. I come home. I work nights. I come home about five in the morning yesterday, and I went to look to see where the hole was. The yeah. hole was one spot. I put a I shoved a, a an old cloth down in it to try to stop that hole so I could look at other things. Yeah, it didn't work. Within 30 seconds, these things are going nuts. I'm out of another hole. But when I got home in the morning, I thought they're, they're not going to be moving much, and I can see. They had formed a line across the, the concrete on the sidewalk. Yeah. Three or four bees, then a formation. Three or four bees, then a formation. These are West Point yellow jackets. Wow. I'm not and I, I'm shining a flashlight on it. And when I got to the last bunch, I kept it on it for a few seconds. Be like, gets a signal from the tower. Go see what that is. And yeah. he, he rises up and flies straight to that light. And I'm thinking, whatever I'm going to do, I've got to do quick. <laughs> Seven dust. I've got plenty of that. Yeah, put it on. That'll work. The, the the reason I say the seven dust is probably better than using the wasp and hornet spray is the wasp and hornet sprays you get the aerosol cans. Many times the carrier, we call it the liquid that the insecticide is dissolved into, that carrier is a petroleum-based product, and you don't want to spray petroleum on your wife's plants because it'll kill them, you know. It'll hurt the leaves just like gasoline putting on them. And so that's why we don't use the wasp and hornet spray when you have plants or maybe a whole 
hole in the yard that you don't want to hurt the grass around it. Use the dust. It doesn't hurt anything else around. Marty, good luck with that, and I hope your wife is happy with your, with your new discovery of how to, how to control the yellow jackets there. We've got time, I think, for Tom to come to us from Jalajet. No, 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 no. Let's give him the weekend prize pack. Oh, we got to get that done. Weekend prize pack. All right, Ashley Frasca. She is thinking of a number between two and seven, which will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows. Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows on August 13 at Lakewood Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. Ashley Frasca, who is going to win? Why not call her number seven? Why not call her number seven? Because it'll be a long time to get you to answer the phone, but we're going to let you do it anyway. Call her number seven to our contest line, which is 404 741 0750 The seventh caller will be the winner. Now let's see if we've got time. Tom, if you can get this in here, we'll get you on your way. Hey, Tom, good morning. In the doghouse. I was um, staining yesterday, and I covered some compact holly yeah. uh, with plastic. Yeah. And about three hours after I was done, I browned out the top of these things, oh. at least the top quarter of them. Yeah. And want to know if they're going to survive or if I'm going to be in the doghouse for a long time. Good news. They're going to survive. Oh, yeah. Good oh, news. I mean, good. yeah, the, they're going to look pretty sorry for the next week or two or three. But just the heat that you accumulated, the greenhouse effect that occurred and the heat accumulated underneath the plastic, yeah, it scorched some leaves. Yeah, it turned them brown. Probably it did not hurt the twigs all that much. And the twigs have plenty of little what they call adventitious buds, that as soon as they sense there's no leaves around, they'll say, man, I'm going to sprout. And they'll sprout out, and by the end of the month, I would think that you'll have a pretty green shrub, and you can get out of the doghouse then. All right. I'm going to go get the sleeping bag and bring it back in. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you putting plastic on in the first place, Tom? Well, I was I was uh, concerned about overspray. I was using... Um, it what it seemed like a very uh, bleachy type of a product Got that it. was uh, that was smart you know clearing it up and I didn't yeah. want to yeah I didn't want to damage them yeah all right smart thinking and you probably could have avoided the plastic if you are pretty good about washing the leaves after a bleach uh, spray for washing a deck or something like that and if you are good about just spraying the house with the bleach stuff and then getting a water hose with regular water and washing off the leaves, generally speaking, you don't make much damage from the bleach as long as you wash it off pretty quick. So you didn't have to use the plastic, I don't think, in every case anyway. Okay. All right. Good news. Next time. But you're fine. You're fine, Tom. Thanks for calling. Bye now. 747 on a Saturday morning. Again, our number is 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. time to play the whole song, which I like a lot. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for bringing that in. We have a full, <laughs> a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. 
Mr. Jones. Mr. Well, anyway, a full uh, weekend weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The temperature today goes up to 94, 92, 93, 94, somewhere in that range. Right now it's 75 degrees at News Talk WSB. Tomorrow, 91, overnight lows 72. 40% chance of rain today, 30% tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Leona in Stone Mountain comes up right this minute. Hey, Leona. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Uh, I'd like to know the difference between, what's the difference between Harmony and Palmetto um, St. Augustine? Mm. And if, which one would be best for Ellenwood area? And if this is the right time of the year to put the sod down? Where are you finding either one of those? I, um... My son asked me, he's putting down, he's going to go to, I think, Home Depot and get a sod. And he asked me what was the difference between those two, because he didn't know which one would be best for Ellenwood. So I didn't know either. But, 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 (laughs) is he able to find Harmony St. Augustine sod at Home Depot? I think so, yes. Wow. I did not know that. Did you get down to the, the nitty-gritty here? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Palmetto is the one that is most often planted in Georgia. In Georgia, okay. So I don't know anything about Harmony. I okay. have no idea about that. Okay. I should look it up. But um, I do have callers sometimes asking, where can I get St. Augustine sods? So if there's a source of it around or if there's some you know, place that is supplying the big box stores around Atlanta, I'm not aware of that, but it's interesting to keep that in mind. Okay. And this is this right now, is this a good time, since it's so hot, to put that slot down if now? If you can water, boy, it'll root down in a heartbeat. It'll root down quickly, just Uh-oh. as long as it keeps it moist and doesn't let it dry out. Okay. And it'll be green, green, green. Yeah. Great. All right. Thank you, Walter. Don't let him get you to help with it, because oh, it's oh, the I miserable, won't. worst job in the whole wide world, laying sod. Uh-uh-uh. You don't want to do it, Leona. Okay, I won't. All right. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Thank you, Walter. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 is the number to call if you have a question about lawn and garden. We have one about lawns and, and lawn seeding that we need to answer from Twitter. We'll get to that first thing the next half hour. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden questions and answers right after news. Good job. 